Here we go. Let's record. I'm getting hungry. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. Whoops. Yeah, I don't have anything. This one's not done. <laughs> awesome sauce. Okay. This is the Mercy Backend, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail, so we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. As Christopher Parker said, procrastination is like a credit card. It's a lot of fun until you get the bill. Everyone has put off a task at some point in their life. Take, for example, the script for this podcast that was supposed to be done yesterday. But have you ever wondered why you or others procrastinate? Well, some view it in themselves or other people as laziness, there might be something else at play. As our expert shares today, there are many reasons why we procrastinate and they probably aren't what you're thinking. On our expert segment today, we're gonna to be speaking with Eric Twiggs. Eric's is a founding partner and president of the What Now Movement. His mission is to build high performing entrepreneurs, authors, and career professionals who are prepared for life's unexpected curveballs. He is the author of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. Eric is also the host of a weekly inspirational podcast called The 30-Minute Hour. As a certified life and business coach, Eric has conducted over 28,000 coaching sessions, helping executive leaders and entrepreneurs who have moved from feeling frustrated to finding fulfillment. And you'll also hear real questions and stories from our real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. And as an added bonus for the messy backend expose, our expert Eric will not only share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but he will also expose the five steps to overcoming procrastination. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to submit your story or question for our experts to answer, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backends, bloopers with you. We've just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fan. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. 
So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to your expert, Eric Twiggs, for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. Today, we have a messy question submitted by one of our listeners. I find myself procrastinating working on my business. I'm not sure if I've lost my passion or if I just don't like doing the work. How can I overcome delaying my success and know if I'm on the right track? Well, wow, that's a layered question. And also, thank you for having me on your show. This is this is truly an honor. Uh, it's a layered question because there's a lot of reasons that could lead someone to procrastinate as it relates to business. Because sometimes when something is complicated, the easiest thing to do is nothing, right? And, and that's what I found. And, and I, I've struggled with something that's called perfectionism where I needed to have all of the information before I took the next step. And here's the thing to remember that you can't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. So the key is you have to focus on, okay, what is the next, what's the next thing that I can do? Mm -hmm. And, And it could be just making a phone call to someone who is succeeding in a business that's similar to the one that you have. And that can make all the difference in the world. And that could reveal the other steps. So it may not be that, you know, you're not pat, you're not passionate about it or it's not the right business. It may just be that you're letting perfectionism get the better of you. But then circle back to why you why you got into the business. And is it, you know, is it a topic that you're passionate about? Here's the, here's the other thing, too. Here's the other thing to remember is that just because something in your business has to be done, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the one who does it. Absolutely. Really good point, because I know for me, like I will put off writing all the time because I am not a writer. I'm an editor. So writing is very difficult for me. If you've ever like I read a book actually on how to write. And the first thing it says in there is just write. Don't edit while you write. And so yeah. I, I do struggle with that. So I don't like writing. And so I put it off because I don't like it. It's not because it doesn't get done. So hiring it out when it tires you out is one of our favorite sayings here at the messy back end. Mm-hmm. Great. That's great. Yeah. That's absolutely it. You know, uh Eric, I was talking with a, a entrepreneur friend the other day about this, and both her and I are the types that we we are perfectionists. We love having everything perfect before we go and release it. And I was talking to her about this, and I was saying, I think our problem is is that we're almost just we're too smart. Like it just blatant. I was like, Aaron, you're a smart gal. I'm sometimes a smart guy, but we're smart. And then we overanalyze and we overthink things. And what you were just saying earlier, you go focus more on the passion, not about like, oh, you said perfection is the, it hinders progress, I think is what you said. Um, And with that, like perfection, it's like, no, forget about the perfection. Think more about the passion. And I think I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you need to stop thinking and start feeling more because the the feeling it's, why do you do what you do? What is that passion? And that's, that's inside of our hearts. That's our feelings. What is our emotion behind this? And when we start thinking way too logical, especially when we know the steps that we need to take and there are too many steps and it's, well, we need to make sure every single step is secure 
and that the footing is perfect before we take that next step. Whereas if you have a passion toward it, you're just going to run at it full speed. And obviously there's a safe way to do that. You can't just run full speed in the dark. You might run into something. Um, mm -hmm. I've played plenty of, when I was growing up, I had plenty of times playing hide and go seek in the dark with my brothers where one of us ended up running into a wall. You know, that, that happens. We don't want to do that in our business. Um, and so, but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to do, and there's a book, the great book out with this title with, with ready, fire, aim. Right. <laughs> You know, where you sometimes you have to launch where it's not perfect and then course correct. Right. And, and you learn sometimes there's some valuable lessons that you learn when you start and it's not totally perfect. And a lot of, some, sometimes it's it's I, I find that perfectionism, it's stalling in disguise because deep down you're you're afraid of being criticized. You're mm -hmm. afraid of not being good enough. Mm -hmm. so, so a lot of people I work with that say, oh, no, it's not ready yet. Deep down, there's a fear that's really holding them back. Mm -hmm. You think yeah. fear can cause procrastination? Because that actually kind of makes a sen makes sense to me um, in that fear might be what's holding you back, not necessarily even losing your passion or not doing what you love doing. It might be, you know, because we, we all kind of run into that as entrepreneurs. We, we are so passionate about what we do. We want to change the world. We want to be perfect for our clients. And that does clash with authenticity as well. But could that fear be what is, is uh, kind of causing that procrastination, do you think? Sure. Fear is one of the biggest causes, one of the leading causes. I do, I'll do these workshops and I'll have people to just talk to each other. They'll, they'll get in their groups and talk about what are some of the things that have caused you to procrastinate. Every time I've done a workshop, they bring up fear. Like fear comes up as something that's, so it's, it, a lot of times it's fear of failure. It's the fear of being, their work being criticized. There's the fear of the unknown. We're seeing that a lot with the pandemic. Well, okay, I'm going to wait till things get back to normal because I don't know what it's going to look like and everything else. Uh, but interestingly enough, a common fear is the fear of success. Mm -hmm. it, it's weird. It, it, it's the, the fear of success is something that holds people back because they're afraid that maybe I won't measure up to the new standard. Right. If I do this presentation and it goes well, they may ask me to come back and do another one. What if I don't have another good presentation? Right. And that, I think, <laughs> falls in with the fear of the unknown because if we're not we don't know what success is like like you said it's like well what happens if i am successful i don't know i don't know what that next step will be will it be that they're going to ask me to do another presentation or they're going to say hey you're so great we're going to now fly you to the other side of the world cool i'm afraid of flying okay now there's that fear you know and we start over analyzing in our head all of these fears that might happen and so I think that that fear of success and fear of unknown kind of overlap, because if we haven't had that success, that's what we're, we're afraid of. That's outside of our comfort zone. It's outside of where we normally are. And that's that's scary. And that would be a great reason. I mean, I've procrastinated things before because of that. I just like I don't I don't know what's going to happen if I win or I don't know what's going to happen if I lose. And so it's scary. I don't want to go play the game if you don't know what the reward or the punishment is for winning or losing. So, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
it yeah. is actually okay to feel fear, mm-hmm. right? It's okay that that don't suppress that, but it's not okay to allow fear to stop you. If you if you just stop because you're afraid, because fear can be healthy. For example, fear could probably keep you from walking into the lion's den at the zoo, right? <laughs> I'm afraid right. of lions. I'm not going to do that. That could be a healthy thing, right? When when you allow your fear to stop you from pressing forward to what you want. That's when it becomes. And the other thing you want to think about with fear is there's two words. When you're talking to yourself and you're afraid, there's two little words that always come to mind. It's what if, mm-hmm. right? You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if tells us that our fears are not in our present reality. That our fears are always in the future. So the mm-hmm. fear isn't present. If you, and then if you, if you look back on the things you were afraid of, most of the time it didn't work out like you thought it would. It worked out better and it ended up being okay. Those are some things people need to think about because fear does cause people to procrastinate and put things off. So how do you overcome, like, I, how do you overcome procrastination? Is there like some, you know, if there was a pill, man, we would make so much money, but how do you overcome that procrastination? I actually find for me um, in Mel Robbins book, five second rule, she actually goes into this, you know, in-depth thing on the two different types of procrastination, destructive procrastination, which would include, you know, your fear, your perfectionism and that kind of thing. And um, productive procrastination, which is what I do because I have this, when I'm being creative, it kind of, my creativity happens in the back of my brain. So like back of my brain's being creative. And if I can, you know, procrastinate a little while, then when I sit down to do what I've been thinking about doing, it'll come out so much easier, or I can sit down and grind and grind and grind and grind and uh, not get anywhere. So um, you have those two different types of procrastination. So I suppose the first thing would be like, figure out which one it is, but then how do you kind of overcome that? uh, Those things that are holding you back, I guess. So the first key is awareness. So the book, the theme of the book is really all about awareness, really becoming aware of the things that trigger you to procrastinate. Because I've worked with a lot of people. I've yet to meet a person that just procrastinates with everything all the time, nonstop. And that's why people say, oh, I'm such a procrastinator. No, you're not. (laughs) There's usually one or two things that you really play the tape back. It's usually so, for example, it could be as simple as, you just don't like doing that specific task. Mm-hmm. You know, and it goes back to what we said earlier, just because it needs to be done doesn't mean that you need to do it. So it could just be that task aversion thing. Or it could be that you're going to, whenever you're going towards something that's going to move you forward, whenever you're going towards something that's aspirational, that's when you procrastinate. And that's where the whole fear thing comes in. So in the book, I've come up with a model to help overcome procrastination. It's called the Procrastination Prevention Pyramid, right? And it's got five levels to it. And if you you work the five levels, you will find that you've overcome procrastination. I can, in time permit, I can certainly go through each of the five levels briefly. Yeah, I think that's great. Also, tell tell our listeners, in case they're like driving or something and they don't have access to the website right now to see that, what's the name of your book? Yes. So the name of the book is The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to overcome procrastination. Nice. So yeah, I'd love to hear the the pyramid of procrastination because I probably, you might find a picture of me right there in the middle. So the the first rung, the foundation of the pyramid is your attitude. 
right? So that you got your attitude because I think your your attitude is the foundation of your success. And, and if you think about it, if you just listen to like your self talk, you'll find that most of it's negative. Studies show that the average person, eighty percent of their mental chatter is negative. So that that's in our nation. We just have this habit of thinking uh, in a negative way, and this pessimism habit can lead to procrastination. So the best way to overcome a bad habit is to replace it with a better one. So the key there is gratitude, really focusing on the things you're grateful for and being intentional. So that's one way. And I go into a lot more detailed examples on the attitude in the book, but that's just, that's just an example of something. If you're thinking correctly, like for example, if you're thinking with a growth mindset, and not a fixed mindset, knowing that, hey, I can get better, I can improve your thoughts and what you say and all that good stuff. So you have your attitude, the next level, next rung is actually awareness. And in this instance, I'm talking about, you have to recognize your power times. We, you know, Some people are morning people, some people are night owls. Here's the thing, you need to schedule your high priority activities during the time of day when you have the most energy. So I would try, I remember I would try to write and it would be late, later in the day. And I'm wondering why ideas just aren't coming to me. I'm procrastinating. But when I try to write at five in the morning, I don't find myself procrastinating because that's, that's my time. So you need to be aware. You need to be aware of the people that you're around and personality. I go into more detail. So you have, so first you have attitude, next you have awareness. Uh, The next level there is, from there is animation. And really focusing on making sure that you're managing your energy, Hmm. right? So you want to make, are you you exercising uh, consistently? That helps you to feel that energy. I'm a big fan of taking naps and I'll I'll take a nap. And then it's like, it starts my cycle over. It's like, I've I've got energy all over again. So I know myself well enough that late in the day, my energy can be on the low side. But if I've had a nice 30-minute nap, it starts my energy cycle over again. So I can jump on a podcast. I can do this. And I can. And people would ask me, Eric, how is it that it's 8 o'clock at night, you've been working 14 hours, and you still are fresh And because I take naps and I understand how to manage energy. So that's in, But everybody can do that, right? So, so the next rung on the pyramid is automation. And that goes back to what we talked about that just because it has to be done doesn't mean that you have to do it. Can you set up systems so that you can stay in your zone of genius? The zone of genius are those things that you are uniquely gifted to do. In a mm-hmm. perfect world, you would spend all your time. So if you're so writing, speak for me, writing, speaking, those are my zone of genius areas. And I should really have systems in place to outsource these other things. So automation is really setting up those systems. And then the fifth rung is activity. because And it's at the top of the pyramid for a reason, because you can't get to the top without taking action. You know, you can have your vision boards, you can sit around meditating, you can say all the right things, but at some point you have to do something. Right. And so <laughs> I've got action at the top of the pyramid and really being able to prioritize and knowing the difference between being active and being effective. So you're doing the 20% of things that get you your 80% results. So if you follow that pyramid, 
And like I said, it's spelled out pretty clearly in the book with examples and everything else. You'll find that you've overcome procrastination. I love that. And you know what else I love is like almost every single one of those things in the pyramid points back to self-care. A lot of this goes back to, you know, your mental attitude, your surroundings, the people you surround yourself with. Are you taking care of yourself and are you taking action um, every day to make sure that all of those things, you know, that especially that foundation part has to be strong. Um, So that's funny that that I don't know why that just uh, hit hard with me was that if you're taking care of yourself, you're not going to procrastinate because you're going to be hiring out what's going to make you tired. You're going to be taking care of yourself by, you know, um, having a good mindset. You're going to be um, making sure that you're well rested and that, you know, when you're like for Nate, he's a night owl. I'm a morning Mm -hmm. person. Um, my husband is an even earlier morning person. He wakes up in the morning, his alarm goes off and he is immediately in tigger mode. His alarm goes off. He gets out of bed, like right when his alarm goes off and he's just, I know and he's just up for the day at four 30 in the morning. And so for me, Eric's like, yeah, that's how I am too. I can see that right now. Yeah. Eric's alarm is like going off. And by the second beep, he's like already cartwheeled out of the, I I can see you doing that. Eric. Yeah. 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 I call that tigger. Ring and because I have to have a half an hour, so my alarm goes off at five, but I don't get up till five thirty when my second alarm goes off because my brain needs a half an hour to tell my body you need to get out of bed now. But I know what those times are, and like I said, it all goes back to self care. And maybe that's because maybe I'm slipping a little bit in my self care. But uh, am I yeah. am I finding a little theme here? <laughs> well, no. self-care but i think also what, what's true about what eric was saying is like you you have to really be honest with yourself and you know go build that pyramid that pyramid is it's it's a you know a, a map but everyone's destination is different because everyone's starting point is different and you have to build that foundation for you so start with you you know your foundation and build that up and you know like you said understand when your key times are during the day um that's what like one of those you know you'll you'll read these articles and it'll be like these are 10 things that all billionaires have done and like those are cool articles because you're like oh okay cool they read a book a week and these type of things and they're great they're great models to model after, but you can't go and just replicate it perfectly. You can't be like, well, I'm going to now wake up at 4.30 in the morning because that's what Eric does if that's not who you are. See, I'm the exact opposite. I'm the type of person like last night I was drafting emails. I was creating content and stuff literally between like 2 and 3.30 in the morning, like last night. I guess technically that would be today on the calendar, but it was before I went to bed. That's just zone of genius is at my, between two and five in the morning. Right. That's when I'm able to work. Uh, like it's, and it's funny because it's all the same reasons why other people say they love the morning. They're like, nobody else is awake. My phone isn't blowing up. I'm able to be focused and you know, everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I am at the end of the day. And, and the best part is there's no right or wrong answer. It's like, Eric, you work and you can write in the morning. If you ask me to write something eloquent right in the morning, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to make any sense. They're going to be like, what drunken person wrote? <laughs> oh, it was Nate. He was, his mind was still drunk in sleepiness, you know, but you, your area of expertise is, I mean, the time of expertise is in the morning. So just listen to yourself, be honest with yourself, use that foundation, but be honest. 
And I think that's, that's important. Yeah. And that's, um, that's one of the things that frustrated me with other time management of procrastination books. There were a lot, there was a lot of one size fits all answers, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be the early bird and they, they make you feel like if you don't get up at four 30 in the morning, you're some type of loser, but that's not the case. Yeah. Some people, I mean, you can get up late and still hit it out of the park. But right. the, the key is, is just being aware if you're, I think it's worse if you're a night owl and you try to act like you're a morning person. Right. That's worse. Absolutely. I, I can tell you from experience that that is worse. I don't function as well in the morning. So any of my clients where I'm like, hey, you know, I can be there for that meeting if you absolutely need me. But if you want me to be there and be present and be participating and, you know, making value, we're doing it in the evening. That's when our meeting is. And they're like, well, I'm not a night person. It's like, okay, cool. How does 4 p.m. sound? Awesome. That's a great compromise. It's overlapping for both of us. So that's that's how it works. Like right now, I feel like we this is a, an area of time. You know, it's it's kind of the mid-afternoon for both of us here. It's like we're that's where our, our arcs are overlapping right now. So it's perfect. I love it. So Eric, you have a podcast yourself called The 30-Minute Hour, and I know that we did not actually initially decide to talk about this, but I'm really curious about that because I do what's called a 45-minute power hour where I turn everything off and I spend 45 minutes focusing on, you know, I have a list of three things and I start on the one and I go down those things. And I wonder um, how the 30-minute hour could help our listeners overcome procrastination, maybe be more productive during the day, and certainly um, for them to go check it out and listen to your podcast as well. So the 30-minute hour, we always ask, well, how'd you come up with the name? So it's basically, it, it usually goes an hour, but it feels like 30 minutes based off of the value and the content. And I would say, like, if there's one theme from our podcast is that it's mentorship, right? Because every high achieving person that we bring on the podcast, they always talk about mentorship. It's almost like they literally were talking beforehand and say, we're all going to say this, but, but they all make, the <laughs> same, <laughs> they all make the same point about how important having that mentor is uh, to them. So you, you'll hear, and we, and one of the things that we say is that, you know, if somebody, it, it, it can't be impossible if there's somebody else that's doing it. And, you know, there, whatever challenge you have, oh, well, you know, I can't do this because I've got small kids in the house and I'm, I'm a single parent. And, mm-hmm. and we, we had somebody on one time, she's, she had six kids, she was homeless uh, and she uh, ended up, she was a single parent and she ended up getting her PhD and writing 13 books. 13. Right. So, so the takeaway <laughs> is that there's always somebody that's got the same challenge or worse than you that's making it happen. And, and when you watch the, or, and listen, or listen to the 30 minute hour podcast, you'll see the, these examples. And we, and we try to leave in each guest, we have them give specific takeaways. And what, what, are, what, what, what can our followers do specifically to overcome this challenge? I love that. And, you know, it does go back to mentorship. If I look back at every time that I've been able to pivot in my life 
it has been because of someone else has kind of either triggered something in me or I've had long discussions with them or, you know, Nate and I will call each other up and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this or that, or, Hey, can you recommend something having someone else outside of yourself? Because, you know, you, when you're in the, in the middle of the trees, you can't see the woods. If somebody can help you show you the woods and the path through it. Um, I know for me, I've had several mentors in my life and, um, they have made all the difference for me. And I think even when, if you go back to your pyramid, when you were talking about that too, I was thinking that there are, you know, accountability and other mentor people that you can work with that will help you keep track on that pyramid as well. So if it comes to procrastination, um, you know, call up somebody like you, you actually said it yourself, you know, call up somebody who's doing the same thing and get some motivation. So, um, Gosh, I love that. I think that's brilliant. Can you tell us like one of the your favorite stories? I know you just told us one about the gal with the PhD, but is there another story that you uh, have had with either someone that you've worked with or a story you've heard about someone being able to overcome their fear, overcome their procrastination, um, working with mentors, whatever it is to be able to get past that wall that we all hit is eventually we all hit this wall where we just feel like we can't go any further. How did they break through that? Yeah, I had a client one time and he was just very pessimistic. He had a negative, just had a negative, the glass is half empty, that, that kind of person. And then, you know, we'd, we'd start the, the conversation and he would just launch into everything that's going wrong, there's people, there's customers, there's this, there's that. And he's one time, I was just done. One of our conversations, I was like, let's stop, stop, we're going to stop this. Here's what I want you to do. I have a special homework assignment. You're going to tell me, when we start these calls, you're going to tell me, what you're grateful for. You, we're going to begin these calls by you telling me what you're grateful for. He's like, huh? Uh, yeah, all right. So at first, I mean, he would come up with maybe one thing sometimes, or I just couldn't think of anything. But as we really just stayed with it, it, it was a game changer. And it got to a point where if, if I ever forgot, like sometimes I would, we start talking, he'd be like, wait a minute, hold, stop. I've been waiting to tell you this. I had this happen, I had that happen. And, and it, it transformed his business. I mean, it got to a point where he didn't have to be there and it started making more money than when he was in the weeds all the time. And it was just because his mindset started to shift. And as a result of that, I got into this habit of I'll have people. So if anybody that works with me, they know that I'm going to ask them the first thing. Tell me about your wins. Like, like that's the first question, because it goes back to that attitude on the pyramid. And, right. and I'm really inspired by that example with this client. So you have to tell me, I have people starting what's called a win log. So you, you take a notepad and as you're going around your day, you're observing the good things, your victories, the progress, you got a great customer review, you finished your website, whatever it is. And what we find is the more you write your wins down, the more wins you have to write down. Right. I like that. The more wins that you write down, the more wins you will have to write down. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's because it, you know, whatever we focus on expands, you know, we've heard that idiom all of our lives and you focus on what you are grateful for those wins, those type of things, you're going to be creating more of those wins. It's, you're going to look for winning solutions and go, Oh, that felt good. Too. There's psychological benefits of writing things down and checking boxes and those type of things. So you go, cool, I've written this down. Now you're going to look for more wins and try to find those wins as well. Even if they might not be right in front of you, you go, oh, I if I just do this one or two you know, steps, 
I take these steps, I can then achieve a win. I want to achieve that. And as, as you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir right now to you, Eric, but you know, the, our audience listeners will hopefully will understand that, um, that's how we go beyond that procrastination because we're now not looking at the, Oh, what if we fail? What if this and focusing on those failures that may or may not happen, they probably won't happen. You know, we'll also never fail if we never start. And so we go, Oh, well, let's, let's not focus on that fail. But if we focus on the wins and we go, yes, I'm going to win when this happens. And these are the steps I need to take to win cool, let's do it. Let's take these steps. Let's make this happen. And then you're going to have a lot more wins. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it works in reverse. If you, if you just, if you were to write a list of everything's going wrong, you'll have more, list, more of those things to write down too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now you make a great point. It's yeah. funny because I have, I have a teenager, uh, my last teenager at home and um, I've done this with all of my kids. Um, I'm on, you know, the last of five. And um, whenever they get in that teenager mode, um, especially that beast mode, we call it between the <laughs> girls between the ages of 13 and the 18, is everything is so negative all the time. And so um, I have them, you know, tell me three good things that happened today. And I've even found myself getting this way. It's so easy to go down that negative path because it just kind of all becomes all consuming. It takes work to look at the positive side of things. But in, and there've been times where the only good thing I could say is the sky is blue today and the grass is green or there is snow outside. But if you start with those little things you start seeing the bigger things. And I think as entrepreneurs, we're always concentrating so hard on what has to be fixed and where we need to improve and how can we make more money and how can we do this or that or the other that we sometimes forget to take time to celebrate those wins, to not mm -hmm. just recognize them, but be like, you know, Nate and I have recorded over a hundred episodes. We didn't have a party, Nate. We need to go back and have a party because we've recorded over Let's 100 have episodes a party right now. We need to have a party. So um, recognizing them and um, letting yourself enjoy that. That's what success is though, isn't it? I mean, why are we so afraid of reaching this level of success that brings that little bit of peace of mind, that little bit of joy that, you know, I've changed somebody's life. You, 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 Eric and Nate, you're both speakers. And you know, when you give that presentation and that one person, you know, we all speak for the one, that one person comes up to you afterwards and says, today, you said what I needed to hear today. You changed my life. Mm -hmm. That's why we do it. That's what success is for. That's why we don't procrastinate. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the key is you, you have to think about it in terms of that person that needs to hear your message. So if you, if you don't go out and do what you're called to do, that person is not just about you. That, that person is missing out. And I just, I've just seen over the years, you never know the impact that you're having. I mean, I've had people come back to me years after they saw me speak somewhere and remember a story I told and talk about how it inspired them to take the next step in their business or start their business. You just never know. You just have to stay consistent. Right. Absolutely. Staying consistent. I love when that happens. When you get somebody that you're like, oh, I didn't even know you knew me back then or anything like that. And then they said, yeah, this one thing you said, you know, resonated and, and changed and all these things. And you're like, wow, I sometimes wish that we could see all of those impacts that we have in our life. Uh, if we can follow all those wins that we've caused, you know, we've helped other people win. Um, I think that would be a lot easier to 
to help us remember, oh yeah, we're, we're doing good. We're helping people out. Uh, it's when we're focusing on those, those failures, those losses, you know, the big L's on the, the score sheet, that's when we focus on those. We were talking just uh, in another episode recently about, you know, in sports, if we're on a sports team, no sports, nobody wins 100% of the time. There's nobody out there that, that hasn't ever not lost, even all the greats. Um, but one loss in business, sometimes we, we consider it like the end of the world. We go, oh, we had that one negative review or that one client who hates us and, you know, is threatening to sue or whatever it might be. And we focus on that that one loss, not the 10,000 other people we've benefited and blessed, all those other W's. So, yeah, one of the things I, I always tell people that I think you have to you have to factor failure into your success plan. And, yeah. and you see this with New Year's resolutions. We're, we're in that time of year where people are setting these resolutions. But what happens is they encounter a failure. They say they're going to work out every day. They miss a day. They feel like a failure. Okay, well, I might as well stop. But you have, you have to understand you're going to have setbacks on the road to where you're trying to go. You just have to learn from it and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. The road to success is a freaking mess. And <laughs> yeah. a lot of people we compare, we talk about this a lot, is we compare our step one to someone else's step 10,000. And we can't do that. We have to um, realize that it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. We're going to have setbacks. But you can't have success without failure. It's like you don't understand joy unless you've had sadness everything has its opposite for a reason so that you can recognize it. So you can course correct, you know, whichever side that you're on. And, um, you know, we have all lived through it last year, Mm -hmm. especially we all went through that big dip of, you know, what's going to happen now and we're going to have to change. And like Nate said, we were actually just talking on one, another episode about how we watch these other companies go through this pandemic in two different ways. Either they completely quit and they stopped or they found ways to keep moving forward. And um, it all does go back to mindset. Are you stuck in your tracks? Are you willing to make changes? Are you willing to pivot? Are you willing to do the pyramid of procrastination? Which I think you could apply those same steps to just about anything you're trying to overcome. Sure. Absolutely. I, I think they're brilliant. So thanks, Eric. I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Um, excellent advice. And um, I, I think everybody should go find that. I'm going to go get that book. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to get it, Eric. Um, if if our listeners, if they want to go get it, if they want to find out more about all of this knowledgeable information you have, Eric, I can tell just being on this podcast. Yeah, that's why it's 30 minutes in an hour. I didn't say that right. It's uh, the 30 minute hour because you have so much valuable information. So if people want to go listen to your podcast, check out your book. Where can they go? Where can they go to follow you, Eric? Okay, so you can get the book, go to my website, The Discipline of Now dot com. Okay. This com. The book is available in audio. It's available in paperback and as an ebook. You'll also see a link for the 30 minute hour podcast. Um, it's, it's on iHeartRadio, Anchor, anywhere, Apple podcast, anywhere where you like to get your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Eric, for being on here today. I know I've enjoyed your knowledge here, and I know our audience will as well. So thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. It's truly been an honor. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Messy Backend. 
We know, we know you can't get enough of us. So have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking and send us your event details. It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes, Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, PodServe FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. computer just auto-corrected kick ass to just kicks and I think it's because you're here and it like knows that I'm not supposed to swear even when I'm just typing but you also expose the five steps to overcoming pro- pro- <laughs>